Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Today we're uh, wrapping up our series, uh, all new season, and we're going to be talking about baptism. And for those of you that are brand new to church, baptism really is, is, is marking an all new season of life for people, for people who have fully surrendered their lives to Jesus. So previously, just so you know, previously uh, these folks, they were their own boss. Which sounds, sounds pretty good, right? Most of us are kind of looking for that. We want our own identity. I want to be my own boss. Uh, people that own their own businesses, I often hear other people say, boy, that must be nice. You're your own boss. It's not always what it's cracked up to be, though, is it? So people that, that they're their own boss, you know, you look at them, you think, you know what? They can, they can do what they want, when they want. They can do all they want. I mean, they are their own boss. The problem with that is, is that we're not always very good bosses. And so, you know, our wants and our desires and our choices honestly lead us down a road that leads us to misery, and it doesn't lead us to joy, and it doesn't lead us to peace. And then when we understand that our, our issues are sin, and then when we decide that we want to be our own boss and that we want to be our own saviors and that we want to take care of the sin problem, and so we try to be better and do better, and then we, we miserably fail, don't we? And so we just realize that that's, that's not enough, that I'm not enough. And so there are folks that are going to be baptized this morning, they've decided to make Jesus the boss. Now, if you're, if you're from more of a church environment, then maybe what you would be accustomed to hearing is, is that they made Jesus the Lord of their lives. And, and that, is, that is absolutely technically true. The only problem with that is in today's culture when we say, Lord, I don't know that that translates very well to most people. And so literally the word Lord, it means master. That's, that's what it means. And so <clears throat> it is very technically, it is very correct to say, I am making Jesus my master. I'm making God my master. I'm making him my Lord. I'm making him the boss of my life. And I'm just admitting that, you know what, I don't have it all together I don't have the answers, I can't be better, I can't do better, and all my choices are not leading me to fulfillment at all. So I just think that we should be really, really clear on baptism so that you'll be able to fully appreciate what you see, what you witness in just a few minutes. And probably without some of you even knowing it, you may be one of those baptism more candidates today as well. You could be sitting beside somebody right now and in a few minutes. They'll be right down here in this tank. I'm just saying. <clears throat> so you might be wondering right out of the gate, so why exactly do, do y'all baptize? And, and maybe you say, well, honestly, I've just heard the spring well's kind of weird and y'all do weird stuff. It's just this one of the weird things that y'all do. And as I thought about that, you know, as I, as, as I looked at that statement, I thought, you know what, I, I guess maybe to some people we're weird, 
But I can tell you what we are. I'm, I'm not sure weird describes us, but I know what does describe us, passionate. That describes us. People that, that have mission, that have vision, that we know what we've been created to do, that we know why we gather when we gather. We know why we meet in small groups the way that we do. We, we know why we do every single thing. We have mission and we have passion. Maybe to some people that looks a little bit weird. But no... We're not the only ones that baptize. All Christian churches baptize. And the reason why we baptize is because of what Jesus said. If you've been in church, you know, most of your life, you probably know where I'm going, right? It's the Great Commission, right, out of old Matthew 28. And therefore, go make disciples of all nations. And then there's our word. There's our word. It's a key word, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why do we do it? We do it because that's what Jesus told us to do. But to be honest, that's where things get a little bit complicated, and that's where people get a little bit confused, because while all Christian churches do it, we don't all do it the same way. And so, you know, maybe, maybe you've been invited today because somebody was being baptized, but maybe you've been invited to another church, and maybe, maybe they just did it differently. Some sprinkle. Some sprinkle, some dunk. We duck. And we don't get you all the way under. You know what I'm saying? We don't give you any oxygen or anything. We just take you down. But not everybody does it that way. Some believe that baptism is essential to salvation. Others don't. We don't. Some baptize infants. Some don't. We don't. And while I may not specifically address that question, I hope that what you do here is we really try to unpack baptism and understand what baptism is. I hope that what you'll walk away with is, oh, I, know why you don't I know why you don't baptize infants. It makes perfect sense. I know why you don't sprinkle. Gee, it makes perfect sense based on the meaning of the word alone. I get it. So let's spend a few minutes talking about baptism. So to begin our discussion, let's talk a little Greek, which is the original language of the New Testament. And I know like you're the most spiritual, you know, most uh, sophisticated crowd that we have. It's 9 o'clock people, you know, they're just, y'all are like on top of things. And so you're going to love this Greek stuff. I can just tell. So the little Greek word in your English Bible that's translated baptism or baptize is this little Greek word. It'll make sense to you, baptizo, baptizo. And it's an English word. It's, it's an English word, and it's a very religious word for us, right? I mean, it is. Now, over the years, over the last few years, I've even heard that word baptize used in secular songs. And i got to be honest, when I heard it, when I first heard it, I went, whoa. Like, can you do that? Can you use that word, really? Like, that's a church word. You can't steal that from us. And so I've heard it, and we can use it in other contexts. You absolutely can. But at its core, for us, it's a religious word. But here's what's interesting. In the first century, it was not a religious word. What? Did you get that? In the first century... It wasn't a religious word. It wasn't a religious word at all. In fact, it was a very common word. And here's what the word means. Here's just what the word means. It means to plunge, to soak, to fully dip, to wash. That's what the word means. It did not have a religious context back in the day. And throughout Greek literature, you'll find this word being used to describe people who were drowned. So in a few minutes... You're going to be drowning some folks right here in front of you. Hey, don't sweat it. They're on their way to heaven. You know what I'm saying? 
I remember the first service, literally, we had a child sitting right over here, and I went, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we're not going to drown anybody. But that word was used even in the context of ships that went down, ships that were fully submerged under the sea, and it was used to talk about people that were drowned. And a lot of times in the Bible, believe it or not, some of you are going to be shocked, a lot of times in the Bible, it was used to describe a washing process. For example, some of you are going to need some Bible on this, right? Because I can see right now, you're going, oh, you're, you're wanting to kind of push back a little bit. It's kind of messing with you. You know, this is, this is a religious word. Not back in the day, it wasn't. In fact, Jesus was talking about religious leaders when he said this in Mark 7. He said, when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. Guess what? It comes from that word, baptizo. And I think that makes perfect sense, don't you? When Karen was, was, was raising us, I mean our girls, when Karen was raising our girls, you know, we sit down for a meal, wouldn't she? She'd say, you know, because y'all just have to know my wife. She'd say, have y'all washed your hands? And I'd always think, I never said it because we're trying to raise our kids right. I'm thinking, what's the use? Like I ate mud pies when I was growing up, you know what I'm saying? Like I think the reason I'm as healthy as I am today is because I grew up eating dirt. You know, I mean, walk by something everybody else is freaking out about and go. I mean, I feel like I must have built up some kind of immune system over the years. Anyway, Karen doesn't think so. She's probably somewhere listening right now and screaming at the the screen. And then he finishes up with this. He says, and they observe many other traditions such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. And it comes from that same word, baptizo. The word, the word itself, it just means to fully dip, to wash, to bathe. And they would use that same word when they were talking about washing hands or, or, or washing dishes. Which that leads to the question, then, then why, why then did these English translators, when they got to this word that means wash, why didn't they just say wash? Because the Great Commission would have just sounded weird. Wouldn't it? Therefore... Go into all the world, making disciples and washing them. That would have just been weird. It would have just sounded weird. But here's the thing. It would have been weird to us, not them. Actually, to them, it would have made sense. It would have had a context for them. It doesn't have a context for us. So what's he talking about? Let me try to explain to you how this very common word, this common word baptizo, that really just means to wash, started to take on some religious meaning. So back in the Old Testament, there would would be Gentiles uh, who would want to become Jewish. When I say they want to become Jewish, I don't know that that's accurate, and I got that out actually out of a commentary, and I'm not sure that it's actually accurate. I'm not sure they wanted to become Jewish. What they wanted was to be able to worship the God that the Jews worshipped. Because one of the things that they recognized, they said, you know what, your God is like bad to the bone. And if you've ever been to the Old Testament, if you don't, if you don't want to read the Old Testament, you should go back and read the Old Testament. I'm just telling you, there's some killer stories in the Old Testament, right, Jonathan? I mean, there's some amazing stuff, and you go, what? And so, listen, these Gentiles were on the sideline going, wow, 
we're like jealous that you get to serve this, this incredibly awesome God. And so they would go to these Jews and they would say, is there any way that like we could become Jewish although we weren't born Jewish? And so these, these Jews came up with this process that you had to go through in order to become Jewish. And long story short, there were different literature, had different lists, um, but there was about five things that were common to all these different lists throughout history. And the first one was this. If you were a man, the very first thing on the list, if you were a Gentile and you wanted to become Jewish, the very first thing on the list, if you were a man, was circumcision. Ouch. Is that okay? Can you say ouch? Can you, can you do that in that reference? Um, now, listen, it's not a big deal to us, right? It's not a big deal to us because that happens, like, you know, right after birth for, for males in our society. I mean, it's very uncommon if, if you're not. But the thing of it is, could you imagine, could you imagine, so, like, if I give the invitation this morning and I looked at all the men and I said, okay, some of you guys, like, you know, 40, 50 years old, guess what? The first thing, if you want to become a Christian, the first thing you got to do today is you got to go through a little surgery. I'm going to give Jonathan the knife. I'm going to watch from the sidelines. I'm, I mean, my guess is there had to be some guys that went, whoa, I think I'm going to rethink this whole Jewish thing, you know. Second, you would have a covenant meal, and uh, that somehow reflected the essence of Passover or some covenant meal. Three, you would have to acknowledge the Old Testament law. It makes perfect sense, right? Fourth, you would make a sacrifice. They did a lot of sacrificing stuff back in the Old Testament. And, and really, the sacrifice, it varied from time period to time period. And then number five, it, number five was this, is you would, take part, you would take part in a ceremonial washing. And just so you know, go back and check me out. Leviticus 13, uh, 15, 13 talks about this, this, this washing. It was known as a mikvah. That's what it was known as. And this ceremonial washing, the strange thing is way back in the Old Testament, when this was done, it was done privately. It wasn't done publicly. It was done privately. And it represented this. I'm just cleansing myself of my Gentileness. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, listen, I want to walk away from my old life. And so I, this is just symbolic of saying, God, my desire is to, I want to wash myself of this old way of life. I don't, I don't want to live like that anymore. And the thing of it is, God, from this day forward, I want to be identified as being one of your followers. I want to be identified as being one of your kids. And so this is symbolic of, of God, this inward decision that says, I want to fully surrender my life to you. And this is going to mark a brand new season for me. That's exactly what it did. In the parts of the world where Jews were predominantly Greek-speaking, the term that they would associate with this ceremonial washing was baptizo. That was the word that they would use. And so the word baptizo was simply a secular word that used to describe a ceremonial washing specifically as it related to a Gentile who wanted to become Jewish and wanted to leave his Gentileness, I don't even know if that's a word, I just made it up, behind says, this is a brand new season for me. I desire for this to be a new season. From this day forward, I'm going to be different. So with all that as the backdrop, in about 30 AD, something really crazy happened. One day, this wild-eyed, crazy man, a guy named John, uh, who dressed funny. He wore 
animal skins, and uh, he wore sandals. He wore sandals, and he, he dressed in animal skin, and he smelled like he'd never had a bath, which I just think is awesome. Don't you? All the men said, ooh, ooh, ooh. I mean, that's just Christ. is awesome, right? He's a man's man. And he showed up at the Jordan River, and he started preaching a really simple message. Three points. Point number one, repent. Point number two, repent. Point number three, y'all help me. Y'all got it. I knew you were the sophisticated crowd. I didn't even ask the 9 o'clock service. I knew they wouldn't get it. His name was John. John the what? Now, is it because his last name was Baptist? No. It was because he was John the baptizer. Because he said, if you're ready to repent, if you're ready to make a decision to walk away from your old life, and if you're ready to, to, to start to embark on a brand new journey, a brand new season with your life, then I want you to come down in this water with me and I want you to be washed. We don't know exactly how he did it. But here's what's beautiful. While we have to dig and study to understand the meaning, these first century Jews would have understood exactly what was taking place. It would have connected with them. And they would have said, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Maybe they had questions. Are, so are you walking like totally away from Judaism? Is that so? How do we figure out what Jesus and who is Jesus again? What does this mean? And so when we went to describe this thing that John was doing, they used that term, baptizo. And the Jewish people understood that it wasn't washing away dirt. It somehow associated this washing with the message that John was preaching. So I'm going to go public with the fact that I believe that what John's saying is true. And this marks a brand new season for me. I don't, I don't ever want to go back to my old way of life. I don't want to go back to my old way of living. I'm willing to admit that me being the boss of me hasn't really worked out very well for me. And me trying to be good enough on my own and to do enough, I, I can't do enough, I can't be good enough, and I'm just, I'm just, from this day forward, I want things to be different. So one day John was baptizoing. Make that up too, can you tell? Um, all these people, and, he's, and he stops. He's on the riverbank. He's in the river, and he looks up on the riverbank, and there stands Jesus. And like John is totally blown away because John recognizes. He knows who Jesus is. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. He is the one who's come to take away the sin of the world. And he stops right there. And really he's saying, guys, it's not about me. This has never been about me. It's always been about him. Behold the lamb, not, lamb is spelled with a capital letter, a capital L. And he's saying, listen, we've been sacrificing for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. We've been sacrificing lambs. But I want you to know that this is the lamb that has come to take away the sin of the world. He will, can't, you can't understand it right now, but one day he will be the ultimate sacrifice for the sins of the world. Behold the lamb of God. And Jesus, Jesus walks down into this water with John. And he looks at John and he says, John. I want you to baptize me. I want you to wash me. And John says, you've you got to be kidding. I mean, he would have said, you've got to be crazy, but it was Jesus. You've got to be kidding me. 
I can't. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to baptize you. I, I preach repentance. You're the one who's going to offer his life. You, you're going to be the savior of the world. Who in the world am I? I am a sinner. You are sinless. You are perfect. Who in the world am I? And Jesus said, no, it's necessary. You, you've, got to, you've got to do this. I'm asking you to do this because I want people to know that I'm identifying, I'm, a, I'm affirming, I'm confirming your message, and it's more than that. And just go back and check me on this, but you'll understand that from that day forward, it also marked a new season for Jesus as well. Jesus had been a carpenter, but he wasn't going to be a carpenter anymore. He had always worked that secular job, and now he was going to take on a much bigger role as the Savior of the world, and he had three years to prepare 12 men for his leaving. And that's how baptism got launched. John the Baptist was the first public baptizer. And then when Jesus left the earth after the resurrection, when Jesus left the earth, he said, okay, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out there and I want you to tell everybody everything that I've taught you. And when these people, when they decide that they want to be a follower, when they decide that they want to be a disciple, a student, when they decide that they want this, they're ready for, to take on a brand new season in their lives, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to baptize them. I want you to wash them. I want them to publicly tell the world that they are now associating, aligning themselves with, taking on a new identity as my followers. I want them to show the world that this marks a brand new season of life. That they're not the same people that they used to be. Does that mean the people that are baptized are perfect? Of course not. But it means that we've been forgiven. See, that's why that song, oh, Mm. That's why those words just so speak to my old wretched, nasty heart. When I realize what Jesus did for me on the cross, I can't get over it. I just can't get over it. And it gets, the older I get, the sweeter it gets. So this morning you're going to watch people being baptized. And they're symbolically saying to you that they believe in the and the life as they're in this tank, I believe in the life and the, and the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what they're telling you. They're telling you that this is what I believe, but it's more than that. It's more than that. What these folks are saying is this marks a brand new season in my life. I used to be the boss. I'm not the boss anymore. I don't want to be the boss anymore. I wasn't a very good boss. So I've trusted, I've trusted Jesus with my life. And from this day forward, to the best of my ability, I just, I just want to follow him. This is the mark of a new season. So maybe you're a follower of Jesus and you've never been baptized. And maybe the reason that you've never been baptized is because, honestly, you just never understood it. It's interesting sometimes how we in church do things for years and years and years and years and years. We never really give an explanation because we just assume that everybody knows. It's been interesting to me over the years, quite honestly, is because Springwell, we reach so many unchurched people that don't have a clue, and it's easy talking to them. But it's also been amazed to me at the number of people, the number of church people that I've looked at over the years that have a clue to baptism. Had no earthly idea what it really meant. 
And sometimes because of that, it's not your fault. We should have done a better job as churches, as pastors, as teachers teaching you. But now you know. And you know what it means. And, and maybe you're thinking, oh, gee, I, I did that when I was a kid. Ah, I'm just going to look stupid as an adult. Well, then you don't even, you didn't hear anything I said. It's not about you. It's, it's about pointing to Jesus to say, oh my gosh, let me tell you what he did for me. It's a, it's a public way of symbolically saying, I believe that he lived. I believe that he died. I believe that he was buried. And I know, I am convinced he's alive and he's living in me. So maybe, maybe you've been here. Maybe you've prayed the prayer on a Sunday morning. Maybe you did it Sunday night at, and, and youth. Maybe you did it Sunday morning next door as children. And, and, and maybe your child came home and shared with you the gospel, which can happen. Our children's ministry does a phenomenal job of laying the groundwork. I really have no work over here. They've done it all. They've laid the groundwork. They've talked about baptism. But you know what? You've privately made a decision, but you've not gone public. Why? I just want you to know that we're ready for you. And I say this as, as humbly as I know how, and I'm not really good at, at that kind of language, but I want you to know that we care about every race, every culture. It doesn't matter where you're from. You're important. And, and we don't want there to be obstacles in the way that would hinder you, something that we're not prepared for. So we've tried to think it through as best of our ability, and I want you to know we're ready for you. And so we have, we have a change of clothes, and we've got towels, and we have other things as well, we're ready for you. So in just a minute, in just, in just a minute, we're going to close. There's going to be a team of people that are going to be right down here. And we're going to, you're going to see a video and then we're going to start the music. And it's going to be your time. You say, you know what? I'm a follower, but I haven't followed through with baptism. Shoot, what's wrong with me? Today's your day. Come on. Honestly, why would you put it off? Why? What? What good, what, what excuse really will stand the test of time? Really, I, I didn't want to look silly. When Jesus was willing to be publicly humiliated and crucified for you, doesn't really ask a whole lot, is it? Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus. You know what you'd say? Dude, you're so right. I'm tired of being the boss of me. My wants and my desires and my choices have only led me to a prison. And I've tried to be better and do better, but no matter how hard I try, I can't ever get it right. And I don't want to be the boss anymore. And that's the decision. Just so you know, that's the decision that you're making. I'm not talking about joining a church. So do I have to join a church to be baptized? No. It has nothing to do with church membership. This has to do with the, being a member of the family of God. I'm not going to get involved in that. That's God's business, not my business. So if you're not a follower of Jesus and you go, wow, I'm tired of being the boss of me. I'm ready to fully surrender my life to him. If that's you, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Maybe right there in your seat, you just pray a simple prayer. Just a simple prayer. Maybe you just tell him, God, Heavenly Father, I'm tired of being the boss of me. 
then the boss hasn't worked out for me very well. And I've tried to be better and do better, but I still have a problem with sin. And I need forgiveness. And I'm asking for your forgiveness. And I thank you for what you did on the cross. And that that blood of Jesus can be applied to my life. And I can be free. So to the best of my ability, I'm surrendering my life to you.